You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another Thursday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast recorded on a Wednesday night, as always, with guests from all around the football world. Corey, Daniel, welcome back. What's up? If you're used to watching on Twitch, which you're probably not because we've been doing that for about three weeks. If you're used to watching on Twitch, tonight's show won't be recorded on Twitch because Corey didn't do his part and update his computer to be able to do, as I said, his part of this deal. And so unfortunately, unfortunately, he's let you all down, but that's okay. Nobody, I didn't didn't even know, bro. Nobody said a word. Nobody said a word about when I accidentally had two audio input sources and it sounded like we were talking through a tin can for two episodes. So, you know what? We'll let it slide, Corey. We'll let it slide. (laughs) Welcome back. It's Huddle Up a Football Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about incoming rookies. Daniel and I are looking longingly into each other's eyes. There's a green box. Hey, Corey, can you fix this green box? Can we get your face, please? Actually, I might be able to right now. I think you can. Oh, yeah. Because we're not streaming, you could use that. There you have it. So, Corey and Daniel have each ranked, is it top five you're going to do? Top five running backs? Yes. Yes. They're going to go over that. I, I was able to learn enough to keep up, but I didn't learn about enough running backs to feel like I was able to rank the, the, my five favorite. I really only read about five, so I think it, it wouldn't quite be fair. Uh, knowing that these five would be, would be brought up and, and what I wanted to do was, was my role here is to just keep the, keep the show moving forward. They talk about these young incoming players I sit here and listen. That's the plan. So I'm going to ask you guys first, right off the top, how do how did you two? What was your process, Daniel? What was the process for how you decided which guy was the first, which guy was the last? That I looked at, or my of my list of your list, Is your list, you mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So. A lot to me is kind of the eye test. I'm looking for guys that I think are going to make a big impact in the NFL. I know it's kind of unfair um, to to some of them because I never get excited about third down backs. You know, guys that project to be Naeem Hines and Theo Riddicks and, hey, Corey, there you are. But uh, I, I kind of like more of the potential to be a bell cow running back. And maybe first and second down running backs, if they're going to be sharing a backfield, I don't like the third down running backs. So even if they are super talented, um, honestly, they don't really get a fair shake in my mind because I'm just not excited about them as much. Um, But I look at kind of all things. I look at highlights. I look at game film. um, I look at a lot of different uh, people's rankings, some experts, and just kind of formulate my own opinion about it all. Okay. Daniel's the eye test. Corey, how did you decide your top five rookie running backs? Um, a lot of mine's eye test too. Um, I'd say where me and Daniel probably differ the most is I watched zero highlight videos, not a single that's, one. That, that's fine because they're not even worth watching. They're just hype tape. Right. So I watched zero highlights. Um, I don't look at any rankings. I will say I base who I scout off of ESPN's best available on their like draft board and on ESPN.com. So. I think last year, maybe I looked at the top eight. This year, I got to the top seven that I looked at. Um, but I'm, look, I'm looking at film. Like, I want to see if they're pass blocking. I want to see if they're giving up at the end of the play. Um, I'm kind of just seeing how they look on film. It's eye test. Um, I don't really know a lot of stats. I don't know these guys 40 times, uh, which I probably should, but I don't really buy a whole lot into the combine either. So I actually yeah. did write down some 40 times. So that's good. We, we can, you? yeah. So there you go. I can contribute something here. Perfect. But <clears throat> All right. Yeah, mainly eye tests. How do they look? What are they doing? Yeah. Okay. So how are we going to decide who goes first here? We're going to start at five with our fifth ring. Go first. Corey. Oh, that was not fun, but that's fine. Corey goes first. Corey, go oh, ahead. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Um, I had a tie at five. Okay. Hold on, let me pull up my list here. I Didn't we do this team. last year? Didn't See, you have a tie at five? No, okay. No, no, no. I gave some honorable mentions last year, and you guys lit me up. So oh. I kept it to five because mm-hmm. you were talking about it was the famous 
Harris Marshall Grammy Award that I gave him. Oh, and it wasn't that's even in my top right. Five. <laughs> that's right. So I have kept it to strictly five, but go ahead. So, all right, here, hold on. Let me get it pulled back up here. I thought maybe we'd talk about last year's rankings for a second, but we can come yeah, back to that. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, if, if you can. So I don't well, have yeah. mine in front of me. I, I was able to find my last year's rankings. The, my biggest mess up, I had Najee Harris tied at five. He was an honorable mention. Uh, I was looking through my notes. It was mainly based off speed. Uh, I had some pass blocking notes in there. I think I think overall he was a solid running back, and I think the Pittsburgh fit was just really good. I mean, he did, he did he does everything you need to do as a bell cow, so I kind of missed there. Kenny Gainwell was my number one. I think he had a really productive season as an Eagle this year. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. I, I, would, I would have liked to see him get more work. I'll say that. Sure. That's fair. That's fair enough. Yeah. And I, I think I had him there just because he was such a weapon in my eyes. And then each all, all around guy for sure. And these were also, yeah, yeah. to be fair to Corey, these were pre draft. He didn't, you know, he didn't yeah, yeah, take yeah. Gainwell after we he need was to keep that in mind. Seated behind Miles Sanders. That would be that would be crazy. This was pre draft. Yeah, if we did a post yeah, if we did a post draft ranking, it would be completely different, probably. Correct. So yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, and then ETN at two, he didn't play. Ramondre Stevenson, Javante Williams. I had Khalil Herbert above uh, Najee Harris. So some mistakes there, but I, th- I think I was somewhat right about <laughs> Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, I think he overperformed what we would have expected there. Well, um, Ramondre looked good, and Javante looked good, and, you know, no one can really knock any uh, ETN, so you never know. Yeah. We'll see Two what years happens. from now, it might look different. Um, just short of making my top five, I've got James Cook. Um, he was actually tied in my points system here with Brees Hall. Um, he just looked kind of stiff. Um, not a whole lot of really knocks, but he didn't really pop on film to me. I mean, he's got solid speed. Um, he just kind of didn't do it for me overall. I think uh, I've got I, I've got Brees Hall at five, which I think is probably going to be a little surprising. <laughs> Oh, I, he strikes again. Here we go. Najee Harris all over again. So, so <laughs> I, I think overall, I think a lot of places have Brees Hall as the number one running back. Uh, he's got really good size. But for me on film, I just didn't see him doing a whole lot of special things. I didn't see a lot of negatives. Um, but my con, in my cons notes, I've got didn't pop for me on film. Um, there were a couple plays where he was running to the right. And he had the ball in his left hand, and he should have stiffed on some dudes and got an extra five yards, and it didn't happen. I saw that happen twice, and I didn't see him running a whole lot of guys over. Uh, running a whole lot of guys over. He is a patient runner. He makes guys miss. He gets. He dies for the extra yardage, and he doesn't have a lot of negative plays. Um, just kind of like his film to me. There's not a whole lot of negatives, but he he just doesn't pop to, pop out to me as a superstar. If the Colts drafted him, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor. Do I think he's probably a top 10 running back in the league? Sure. Uh, I think you could say that for all these guys, but I think the, the guys in front of him just have a little bit more to offer for me. Uh, let's actually, you know, originally I wanted to do Corey five, Daniel five, but now that Brees Hall has been thrown to the mix, Daniel, where do you have Brees Hall? And what are your thoughts uh, with Corey's ranking at five? Um, as surprising as Najee Harris was last year, uh, because I think I had, no, I had Najee Harris at two. I remember that now. I had Javante Williams at one. Um, and I'm sorry to interrupt I have, you. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Corey, did you say James Cook fine. and Brees Hall at five? Uh, I, had, uh, I had Brees Hall uh, taking the tiebreaker. He just looks a little more pro-ready. Okay, so um, Cook was your honorable mention. Okay, go ahead, Daniel. I, I have Brees Hall at my number one. He, in my opinion, is the most pro-ready running back and has shown me the best of both, you know, rushing and receiving ability out of anyone in this draft class. And he was very, very impressive, both at the combine on game film. Um, I have his combine numbers here in front of me. He ran a 4 3 9 um, which was very impressive, but he was also, he had a 40 inch vertical, which was in first place of all running backs that tested. And then he had a 10 foot, six inch broad jump, which was third among running backs. Um, he's got the prototypical size that you want five eleven, two seventeen. He's only 20 years old. Um, so all those to me just says that he, he's in a great position to succeed. He set the record this year. Um, he scored in 24 straight games. 
That's an NCAA record that um, happened since 1970. And the guy plays at Iowa State. So, I mean, it's not like one of these powerhouse teams like Alabama. You put a stud on Alabama, yeah, he's going to look like a stud. But you got a guy on Iowa State. I mean, they I don't even know that they were ranked. Um, but, yeah, the guy had 253 carries, 1,472 yards, and 20 touchdowns this year. And then last year, he had even more carries, more yards, and more touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, he's had 41 touchdowns in the last two years. And I, the only cons that I could come up with is that he has had a heavy workload already. I mean, we've talked about how running backs don't, don't last a long time. That's not a real thing, by the way. That's been debunked. The heavy workload thing is an absolute fucking myth. That's not real. But running backs still don't last that long in the NFL. Correct. So, but, but it's but those two things aren't connected in any way at all. I mean, the only thing, the only reason that it's been debunked is because we were looking at guys like Derrick Henry, who are just man. It's just a man among boys uh, with Derrick Henry. He's just built different. But the guy, I, th- I think the guy's I'm, just said nah. on longevity. Just real quick, I think a lot of it just comes down to you know these guys are stars right out of college and you know they get that first contract but in reality like all these guys coming out are talented enough like they're playing d1 college football as a running back they're just they're easy to replace like would you rather have Le'Veon bell or this rookie who can do the same thing and you can pay him a bunch of less you know a whole lot less money i think that's what a lot of it comes down to like i think these guys could be productive for a long time. I, I just think it's kind of the way the NFL is right now with running backs. I, I can see that easy, you can easily replace a guy. That's a little bit of a different conversation. I see where you're going. And I think that that does make sense. I think that is valid, but it is kind of a little bit of a different conversation. Back to Brees Hall. Sure. Um, a couple of things stood out to me. One, I, I saw an incredibly patient runner. Two, very, very fast. So once he got the opportunity and once he was in the open field, he would beat the safety almost every single time. The problem that I saw with Brees Hall, the glaring issue was when he was in pass protection, he would literally just throw his body at the incoming defender. And if he happened to level them and knock them all the way on their ass, then are you flashing your notes at me, Daniel? What is this? Are you bragging no, right now? I was looking at, oh. no, no, I was looking okay. at something on the uh, next you page. Should, you guys should see Daniel's <laughs> notes. It looks like something out of, what's that, um, What's that movie with the big whiteboard and the, the guy writing on it? A Beautiful Mind? That's exactly what Daniel's notes look like. Anyway, not the point. When Brees Hall was in pass protection, when he was blocking, it was not good. And I think that could, if he doesn't fix that, that will severely limit his playing time in his first year or even two years. That's something sure. that he has to work on. He did not look good in pass protection. Daniel, think- any thoughts there? I, real quick, I think if you're looking at these rankings from a fantasy perspective, pass blocking could really hold back somebody early in fantasy football because they may just see the field less. So I think that's a really important thing to be paying attention to. Sure. And that's something, in my opinion, that's coachable. Um, it's one thing sure. that, you know, speed or, you know, something something along the lines of that that can't be coached um at least it is that you know mechanics can be perfected when you have better coaching than you had at iowa state um so i hope that that is something that can be improved i did notice that as well i hadn't finished my my cons there but um because we got into a workload conversation but you're fine um but you said that he was very patient at at sometimes i've noticed in game film that he kind of is too patient. He needs to be more decisive. Like he'll, he'll sit back and you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. That's almost a really good comp before he hits that burst because he takes a, he takes a handoff. He looks at the first read, the second read, and then kind of just goes to his head. You can't do that at, you know, at the next level in the NFL, cause you're going to get busted in the backfield. So you kind of have to make the decision and, and then just go. But um, he's got, he is a bell cow. He has great hands. I mean, uh, Corey, I know you don't look at the highlight film, but uh, there are multiple times where he's making over the shoulder, like one handed snags while a guy is tackling him and toe taps before, I mean, he, he gets tackled. I mean, the, the guy is just super athletic. And when he takes contact, I've noticed this, he's, he drops his pads the right way. Some of these guys don't really do that. They kind of just, you know, bust into the, into the linebacker, but he actually will, 
turn his body or take the blow like he wants to last a long time. And, so and, he's a very smart runner. And that was the other half of my notes there. He always falls forward, and I didn't ever see him lose big yards. I, I have that too. Yep. He, he's big enough, and he knows how to use his, his size to his advantage. Uh, enough about Hall. That was, Dan, that was Corey's fifth. Daniel, what's your fifth? My fifth is actually a guy. What's interesting about this draft is that to me, there's like a tier one, a tier two, a tier three, and those have like one guy each. And then like the next tier is literally just like five or six guys. Um, so I'm curious to see who, who Corey picks with Brees Hall being at five. Cause there's, there's a lot of guys in the mix there that can kind of get lost in the shuffle. And so these rankings could honestly with running backs change completely based on draft capital. If any of these guys that we're about to mention goes in like the third round or, or better, uh, just pencil them in as like a top five running back of the class. Because some of these guys, like if you don't get drafted in the third, there could be a two round gap this year in running backs. So um, it just depends on if you like your guy, but my fifth guy, um, he's actually a running back at Arizona state Rashad white. Um, really good size. He's six, two, a um, little over 200 pounds. Um, he is a senior and he's 23 years old, which I put in kind of the negative category just because we mentioned running backs don't last a whole, whole lot long. But, um, in, in 2021, he, he had 182 carries, a little over a thousand yards and 15 touchdowns. But here's the biggest thing at six, two over 200 pounds, he had 43 catches. Um, now with running backs in college, even if they can catch, we don't see them catching a lot of balls. Um, but 43 catches, he added 456 on those on those catches. So the guy is a good all-around um, running back. At the combine, he ran a 448. He does have breakaway speed, which is really really good um, to see on on film. Four, uh, sorry, 38 inch vertical, third among running backs, and a 10 foot five inch broad jump, which was fifth. Um, what's interesting about him is he had no D1 um, offers out of high school, and then went to this random university of uh, Nebraska of Kearney and then transferred to a junior college and then transferred to Arizona state. So that explains why he is so old um, because he transferred multiple times and finally got his shot. Um, but the guy, like I mentioned, breakaway speed, he had touchdowns of 50 yards, 49 yards, 55 yards and 93 yards. Okay. So the guy could take it to the house kind of like a Nick Chubb um, type type runner when he gets to the next level. I mean, just guys aren't going to catch him. Um, he, he blocks really well. We talked about blocking being a negative on some guys. He blocks well, like I mentioned, dual threat. He played USC this year. He had 200 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, the guy showed up when he needed to, um, and then he just, he hurdles guys. He loves to try and hurdle people. He, he yeah, I, I, there's like three different highlights where linebackers coming and he jumps in the air to try and hurdle him. And most of the time he does, uh, he cleared it. Um, but my, my negative on him, he had four fumbles last year, which again, we talked about blocking, killing fantasy fumbles will keep you off the field as well. Um, and then kind of runs high. So he just needs to lower his body a little bit more like Brees Hall, a little smarter on, on contact, but I actually do like uh, Rashad white a lot. Uh, I didn't watch any Rashad white, uh, ESPN has him at 13, so I didn't get there. Like I said, there's a lot of, lot of guys in the mix. I just, yeah, yeah. he was the one that impressed me. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I didn't get to him. Uh, my number four. So, and real quick, just to be clear on um, Brees Hall, if I watch him on a different day or I watch a different game film, he could easily be up to three or two just with based off my ratings. I think my top two are really my favorite, but I can make a case for him easily at three, maybe two. So, I mean, um, correct. And, and nobody's going to ridicule for you for this. It's brave. It is very brave, Corey. And it's not stupid. I know that you're aware the most of the football community has Brees Hall ranked at one or two. For, so for you sure. to say five, you have to have a reason. And I think any reason, as long as it's legitimate is valid. So you're not going to catch cool. any shit from us for that. Uh, Say he gets drafted by the Texans. Well, that's You're going to look smarter than a lot of people, Corey. That's the thing. I wrote down <laughs> these teams. Here, look at these teams. Falcons, Texans, Bills, Commanders, Eagles, Dolphins. These are the teams that need running backs. I uh, I disagree. I mean, we he gets drafted by those. He's, a, he's an R. Like, absolute superstar because he's getting all the carries. 
Okay. Sure. Okay. I could see that world too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A lot of it depends on the situation. Uh, number four, I've got Damian Pierce out of Florida, five foot 10, 218 pounds. I think as far as speed goes, this guy popped the most for me. Um, I don't have a lot of negatives. And I think a lot of that comes down to, he averaged like seven carries a game. Um, and out of all the people I watched, I think he was probably just the least used player. And I, I haven't done enough research to figure out why. Um, but about seven carries a game at Florida. Uh, I think he was at 20-ish, 25-ish receptions. Um, so he's they kind of used him more of, more of a gadget guy. He had 100 attempts in the whole season last year. The season before that, it was a little over 100. And then his sophomore year, it was like 50 or 60. But... Um, speed was big for me on Damian Pierce. Um, he's a, he makes dudes miss. He's elusive. Um, but he kind of, instead of juking people out, he's going to use the speed and kind of get around the edge. He's in the open field. He's just going to run around people, kind of throw it out towards the sideline, get around them. He's hard to bring down. Um, and another pro I've got on here is he is low mileage. Um, I just know, I know we talked about just couple minutes ago how that's not the most important thing but um it is something to note he wasn't used a lot in college uh he gets to the second level real quick he's downhill runner as soon as he sees that hole he's gonna get there um not a lot of knocks on him but he flashed for me he, he just flashed for me on film i think you know a team with a good o-line who, who really wants a weapon i think they can find a way to use this guy in different ways with the speed i think damian pierce could be a weapon i've got him at four I, I liked Damian Pierce a lot um, when I was going through film. Unfortunately, he didn't make my my top five list here, but he was he was very very close. Um, he, he's like I mentioned about the the perfect build, five ten two twenty, and um, you know I think there's a lot to be said about the usage of a per, of a guy coming in as a running back. And like you said, he he has so little tread on his tires. He's just he's I I can't imagine him not being just ready to roll, but um, no, real quick, Daniel. Do we know who he was? Did he was he split in the backfield with somebody? You know, off the top well, of your head, it, it was just all I can read about the usages. It was just embarrassing by the coaching staff. So oh. I don't think it was anything like you know playing behind a guy that may be better. You know, next year or something. It was just uh, what were they doing kind of thing. Florida wasn't as good as they were last year no. or two two years ago. You know, Kyle Trask throwing to Kyle Pitts on a kind of a more dynamic offense. They were just kind of not very good. Okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I loved his, his, like you said, Corey, about the speed. It kind of seemed like almost every handoff he would get, if he got past like two guys, he was going to take it to the house literally every Dude, time. Just explodes. In yeah. The second level, like the linebackers are, if they get him, they're pulling him down with their arms, like by his by his shoe. Yeah, yeah, and he's not easy to tackle either. He's he's a very violent runner. Um, he it seems like he processes everything pretty quickly. Like like I said, he's just ready to hit the home run. Like when he takes a carry, he's like, yeah, that's my read, and I it looks like it's closing, but I'm gonna blast through it. I don't care. Yeah, and. I, I I appreciate that out of him. I, I really do um, like his, his game film. Um, I didn't really have a whole lot of negatives, just kind of thinking inside my head, but um, maybe just the hands. I don't know. He, he was hardly ever used, so you can't really knock him on, right. um, you know, is he a pass catcher or not? But, um, yeah, I remember him kind of being like little herky-jerky as far as running, but uh, – you know, for, for timing, but man, I, I think he could easily be like, he reminds me a lot of Chuba Hubbard coming sure. out last year. Sure. Uh, Chuba Hubbard was a track athlete. And, um, unfortunately he didn't quite work out enough last year for the Panthers. But uh, if you get Chuba Hubbard pass, I mean, just him and a linebacker and then the rest is open field. He's gone. Who's your four, Daniel? Uh, my number four is Zamir White, uh, running back out of Georgia. Is that uh, two two whites, two whites in a row? Two whites in a row, yes. Rashad and Zamir. Um, Zamir split the backfield 
uh, with James Cook. Is James Cook on your list? Uh, he barely missed the cut. Okay, that's fine. Um, I just wanted to mention Dalvin Cook's brother is James Cook. And uh, it's crazy how much he resembles him when he runs. <laughs> Dude, I, it looks just like Dalvin Cook. I know, it is crazy. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't is, say that. I mean, physically, like the appearance. Phys- yes, 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 yes. The appearance, and, and they're running like style. Like if, you, if they're running and you see the dreads kind of flying, like it looks just like Dalvin Cook. <laughs> oh, it is so crazy. But um, James Cook kind of projects as more of like a third down-ish uh, running back. Unfortunately, he's not built like a bell cow, but Zamir White He's six foot two fourteen, so he's built for more of the more of the heavy lifting. Um, Twenty two years old. He was a junior this year at the combine. He ran a four four forty, uh, which is really good. Had a thirty three and a half inch vertical and a ten foot eight inch broad jump, which was tied for first among running backs. Um, he was a top ten national recruit coming out of uh, out of high school. He had two thousand eighty six yards and 34 touchdowns as a senior. I mean, could you just imagine every time he touches the ball, everyone's like, it's gone. <laughs> I mean, they only play, what, 12 games? Yeah, for real. <laughs> he averaged three touchdowns a game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, and with splitting the backfield, it was it was great to see that the last two years, because um, I know Georgia, man, they've had some stellar running backs come through there as of as of late. I mean, DeAndre Swift, he played behind him too. Um, 2020, he still splitting time, had 144 carries for 779 yards and 11 touchdowns. And then this year, splitting time with James Cook, 160 carries for 856 and 11. Um, caught nine balls this year for 75, so it wasn't used a whole lot, even though he does catch it pretty well. Um, but in, in, in good games here, in the national championship game, obviously, Zamir White, Georgia, you know, national champion. Um, he had 84 yards and a touchdown against Alabama. Um, they played eighth ranked Arkansas at the time, which was a, kind of a powerhouse defense. They kind of are always known for that had 68 yards and two touchdowns. So again, this is splitting time um, with another running back, but um, he is a super athlete in, in high school. He finished sixth at state for the hundred meter dash. So the guy is very fast. He has that next level speed. Um, he's super elusive. He is very hard to tackle. He drags tacklers with him. Like in highlight film, you could you could see it takes two guys to bring this guy down. He's just got a full head of steam. Um, he takes contact very well. Uh, my only negative on him is that in in his senior year of high school, he tore his ACL on his left knee, and then his freshman year of college, he tore his ACL on the other knee. So he's He's had both knees reconstructed. I know ACLs are getting to be kind of more of a uh, normal thing, um, easier to recover from than it used to be. So that's, that's I guess, encouraging, kind of looking at it in a p- more positive sense. But What I heard um, there was uh, two bionic knees is what I just heard. That's what I heard, too. <laughs> we are good to go. We got that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, Zamir White. Yeah, he um, – and, and then – Pass protection, also just kind of a, a position of uh, or something of need uh, that he that he needs to improve on. Um, but that's kind of a theme for this this draft class, it seems like. But uh, I think Zamir White could be one of those guys that somebody falls in love with and um, takes you know somewhere in the late third round, and then we're kind of drafting him as as a projected starter. Okay, so Corey, what's your third best running back? Uh, at third, I think I got probably like the most pro ready, like kind of scat back Naeem Hines esque player. Uh, somebody, a team who just needs maybe already has a workhorse, but they just need somebody else to plug in and kind of make the backfield a dual threat type of thing. Uh, I've got Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, five foot nine, one ninety four. Um, a lot of these guys I looked at were all around six foot, two ten. So Kyron Williams comes in quite a bit smaller than everybody else, but on film just looks smart. He is a punt returner for Notre Dame, or he was. Uh, he's got a good stiff arm, 
for a small dude, for sure. Um, he's hard to bring down. He's good in the open field. He, he's got big play potential. Uh, he finds the extra yards, everything you're kind of looking for. Doesn't have a ton of negatives. I, I didn't think the speed was top end. I, that was, that was one little knock I had for him. The speed's not bad. Uh, but if you're looking for like a game changer, as far as, you know, superstar talent, uh, I don't think Kyron's your guy, but, um, again, just not great at any one thing. Um, I'm trying to look at my biggest knock and I really didn't. I had him five out of five for effort fighting for the yards. Um, just on the film, I think Kyron Williams is just a really solid player. I think he's plug and play for somebody, especially if you can get him in like the third, third round, third, fourth round. Um, did you look at Kyron Williams, Daniel? I did. Um, unfortunately, he kind of fell victim to exactly what you said. I, I said before we started listing our guys that um, kind of the guys that project to be like third down running backs don't necessarily get as much love as they should from me. And I thought your comparison of Naeem Hines was absolutely perfect. Um, 5'9", 195 and plays like he's 5'9". I mean, he he is definitely a scat back like third down back. I think at the pro comps that I'm seeing of him is Damian or sorry, Dion Lewis. Um, you know, he seemed very fiery, you know, very competitive. He got a big run. He would jump up and pump his guys up. I mean, just like nine minds, just, he, he was a team captain as well at Notre Dame. And, um, I thought that he, he made the team better, you know, which is, which is what an NFL team wants. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a guy, you've already got an established, um, first er, early down running back and need, need kind of a guy like this. I, I totally agree with you that they, this needs to be the guy they, um, they get, he, <laughs> what is going to kill him is his 40 at the combine. Everyone expected him to run fast because you have to, when you are that small and he ran a four, six, five. Oh, and I, Oh, we I got big fear, boys on the list that ran a lot faster than that. <laughs> No, all of them did. I mean, I fear that that will t- unfortunately tank his draft draft stock. Sure, um, a little more than it should because, like I said, when you're that small, you've got to prove yourself. And I, I feel like he got taken off a lot of boards uh, be- because of that forty time. Dude, um, but I Colts, also, I found the Colts. Give me Kyron Williams in the sixth round, baby. I'm I'm all for it. Well, this you already have Naeem Hines. I don't care. He might get hurt. Yeah, okay. I yeah. mean, this guy, line, he lined up in the slot a lot. Um, he's a good receiving back. Uh, he did he did fumble a lot, you know, so that's 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 a negative there. But um, didn't see any fumbles on film, unfortunately. I read that a former NFL running backs coach said that he might be a little higher on him, um, and he compared him to Austin Eckler. So you Ooh. never know. You really never know. It's just really draft stock is going gonna, is gonna to determine Kyron Williams um, yep. to me. Like I said, uh, I think that's probably where our list probably differ the most is I, I'm even, I'm considering these guys that do a little bit of everything, maybe not just the workhorse guys. It sounds like your list might favor the workhorse a little bit more, but it um, does. Like I said, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of his 40 time on film. He didn't have blazing speed. I think I noted that, but um, I, I think whoever gets him, ho- hopefully he falls and a team can steal him. I think he's a plug and play pro. I really do. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, people read too much into 40 times um, and then kind of just base that off of how fast someone is and don't look at actual, like, game film. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, that 4.65 is going to tank him. Daniel, you are on the clock with the third best rookie running back. Who you got? So my third best is Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Um, Six foot two, seventeen, twenty years old again. Um, also a junior, and he was limited at the combine. He he was nursing an injury. No one knew at the time, but his um, I think his agent may have come out and said that uh, he couldn't run the forty. So we don't exactly know how how fast um, he's going to run that. But he had thirty inch vertical and a nine foot six inch broad jump, which are kind of average. 
but um like i said he was he was kind of hobbled but this guy he kind of reminds me a little bit like um what we were talking about with uh damian pierce he is just a a loose cannon like when he gets when he gets loose he's going to try and take it to the house when he when he gets the ball i mean he's had let's see he has started let's see over the last 3 seasons the only time he hasn't gone over a thousand yards was in 2019 and he had 946 yards. So really good all around guy in 2019, he had 29 catches 2020. He had 20 catches. And then this last year he had 25 catches. So it's good to see that consistency there. The team knows that he can catch. Um, he's proving it. Um, he's, he's scored, you know, almost 30 touchdowns. Uh, well, about 20, 25 touchdowns in the last three years. He was a top 10 running back recruit uh, coming out of um, high school. And um, he had 46 yards and a touchdown and then four for 43 through the air against Alabama. And uh, Texas A&M, they, you know, they didn't go too far this year. But he has very sharp jukes and cuts. I mean, he he jukes guys out. If you watch any sort of highlight film, it's going to be of him juking a guy that didn't even get a hand on him and that are falling to the ground. He has such quick feet. Um, he's really hard to tackle. His speed is just, it's, it's really, really good. But 2021, he had a better 2020 actually, because 21, he had one of the worst offensive lines in college football is what I've read. Um, so very impressive to still go over a thousand only on only 179 carries when you have such a bad line. I mean, everyone that I, um, had kind of clicked onto and was reading about him, mentioned how bad that offensive line was. So he's he's created a lot of his own um, success there uh, with no help from his offensive line. But my only con, I have a, just a couple cons here. He doesn't look as natural when he's like running and sprinting down the field. It kind of looks <laughs> like it's harder than it is, but he is just booking it. I mean, he outruns everybody. He's got such a long stride and maybe it's just the way that his shoulders kind of, you know, line up with his, with his running, but it doesn't look all that natural to me, but he is, he is so good. Um, and then he doesn't like kind of inside runs. He chooses to go outside because he thinks he could beat everybody with his speed. Um, but at the next level with the NFL, you're going to have to go inside and it's maybe just trying to avoid the big hits, but in the NFL, they're just, they're not going to care. You got to go up the middle. But I, I think Isaiah Spiller, even though I have him at number three, he is this year's wild card to me, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was two years ago. If and my, Corey, I'll, I'll, go ahead, go ahead. What? Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I'll remember this forever. We looked at that draft, and this was a draft with better running backs um, than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But Corey, you looked at me and said, Clyde's going to be the first running back off the board. Calling it right now. And he ended up being the only running back taken in the first round. And this is the same draft as... Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift and just shocked the world. And I texted him draft night. I was like, Oh my God, you're right. This is this. I Isaiah Spiller is this year's Clyde. He could be the first running back taken this year. And I would not be surprised. I walked up to Corey. He's with just my, got a lot of capability. I walked up to Corey today with my little yellow notepad here. And I said, this is the guy, this is the guy I was looking for. I never saw it coming. It's Isaiah Spiller. Now what's interesting is I got different measurables. I saw six, one, two, fifteen. So couple an inch taller, a couple pounds lighter. So hey, yeah, we're, we're, at the, we're at the point of the year where nobody really knows the truth about what these guys weigh and how tall they are. Like, you know, nobody really knows. Well, everybody should know because if you go to the combine, they take your measurables. <laughs> so I don't know how there's even like yeah, and the combine deviations gives you, online. And they give you two different 40 times and they, you know, I mean, come on, we're at the, we're, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's lying about everything right now. So it's, it's close. Okay. <laughs> right. It's close. They're all about the same size uh-huh. anyway. But yeah. the thing about Isaiah Spiller, you had already nailed so much of it. He ran a four three seven. I watched a play where he. Where did he run that? It had to have been the combine. I don't know. It was, he didn't I, run the, He didn't run it at the combine. I don't know. Maybe I, it was a pro day. I don't fucking know what it was, Daniel. I found it on the internet. It's true. I I watched a play. Well, he didn't run it at the combine. But well, yeah, he looks like it on film. He looks like he runs a four three seven. I Go- timed it. I timed it. Google Google. <laughs> <laughs> I got time good. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No. Google it, okay? Just Google it yourself, all right? Regardless, I watched a play where the man juked 
two guys right out of their shoes, and then it took seven defensive players. Now, they were playing South Carolina, but it took seven guys to bring him to, bring him to the ground. Yes, he ran to the outside. He did the thing you said. He, he thought he could beat everybody, and they caught him this time. But it took all seven of the motherfuckers to, to bring him to the ground and get him to stop. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about yards after contact. I'm excited about him being a... He was the best blocker, I thought, of all these running backs that I looked at. I do think he might be one of the most pro-ready guys. I love to see it. I think it's awesome. Um, and I got nothing but good things to say. You're probably right, Daniel, that this is a guy who is ranked third, fourth, or fifth on most people's boards. But if he lands in the right situation, he could very well be the best running back in the draft. All it takes is one team. Like like we gave uh, you know, the Chiefs. The Chiefs front office gave Patrick Mahomes um, the go-ahead to draft who they wanted to a running back, and obviously he was an idiot and chose the wrong running back. But all it takes is one team, and you're you're overdrafted, and you're overutilized, and he becomes a stud. I think he's better than Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Wow. Real quick, back to that Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Helaire thing. I had, I'll be honest with you, I had a little inside intel. Uh, that year, Joe Burrows made a comment, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but he said that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the best football player that he ever played with. And that's why I said he was going to be the first one off the board. Ever played with. Yep. Um, Back to Isaiah Spiller. I love Isaiah Spiller. He was actually my Uh, number two. So we can just go ahead and get that out of the way. I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, Real quick, just some of my notes. I do have great pass blocker in there. Off the top of my head, I don't remember him pass blocking, but I apparently well, saw it on film. You, you probably did. That's the thing. Nobody remembers a great pass block, right? But when you watch yeah. every play of the game and you're focused on one player and you're like, hey, he didn't get the ball, but he also gra- – like he was the only running back I saw that grabbed a hold of somebody and yes. stopped them. He was a he was a part of the line at that point. Yes. I mean, and a lot of these guys, like you said earlier, they were throwing shoulders into dudes and then going out for a, like a little, uh, what the fuck do you call it? Uh, like a, a drop off of fucking they're running or they're hitting a dude then going for a pass. This guy was grabbing people by the inside of their pads and holding them up. That's what I like to see. Um, I have patient running style. A lot of these guys, they were, they'd do that patient thing like Le'Veon Bell dance around a little bit and then they'd get a yard or two and get gobbled up. He'd do that, and then he'd get big plays. He'd, he'd be patient, glide through the hole, and take it 10, 15 yards. I think that was the difference with him. Um, and when he did, he did it quickly. Um, I do His knock was also the patient running. Sometimes he did lose yards doing that. But I think the payoff is more than often, more often than not, he's going to find that gap and get it done. Um, but, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. I, Isaiah Spiller is my number two. There we go. So I'm hoping that the number two for Daniel and the number one for Corey are the same guy. Do you think they are? Do you want to bet? Do you want to make a uh, one I shot bet, bet? I bet. My well, who's your number, number three, one? Corey? Williams was his Ky- number three. Ky- Kyron yeah. Williams. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I forgot you already did three. Uh, I would bet that me, my number one is different from Daniel's number two for a shot. I don't think anybody's going to take the bet. Corey, go ahead and give us your number one. If it is, I'm going to be blown away. But we need Daniel's number two. Wait, who was it? Brees Hall? Nope, I, that was his I number just one. Went. Oh, shit. It's the same then. I forgot about that. Oh. Okay, okay. I was like, man, if you don't have Corey Kenneth has a Walker shot. and Brees Hall in your top five. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, well, if he's, if he's your number one, go for it. Well, yeah. So Kenneth Walker the third is my number one. I, I, Isaiah Spiller was real close. I, I had him score the same amount of points in my rating system. I, Isaiah Spiller lost the tiebreaker because in the two game films that I watched, the ball hit the ground three times. He didn't lose any fumbles, but the ball did hit the ground three times, um, and that's why I just automatically gave him second behind Kenneth Walker. If you're looking for a Jonathan Taylor or a Saquon Barkley in this draft, Kenneth Walker's your guy. Um, I don't think any team, I don't think he's a superstar enough to where he's going to be productive with any team, Uh, but he's the closest thing to it. Let me find my notes here real quick. Um, I I don't have any negatives. My only negatives rarely use in the past game. Um, 
I have him three, three out of five in the past. He can catch. He if can I catch. bump that, if I bump that to a four, he's easily number one on my list. So, I yeah, I mean, he's explosive. He makes people makes people miss. He's got big thighs. Uh, what else do you want? Huh. Daniel's Daniel can tell you more about him than I I can, but he's fucking awesome. Go ahead, Daniel. Uh, but he's he's five nine. He's two hundred and twelve pounds. He's only twenty one. And like like Corey said, he is a bruiser, but also he can break away and get get the touchdown, get the home run touchdown. So at the combine, this is what was the shocking thing. How big and muscular he was did not expect him to run what he did at the combine, and he ran a four three eight, which was tied for second among running backs. And I think everyone was just shocked when that happened. He had a thirty four inch vertical, which was top ten in running backs tested, and then a ten foot two inch broad jump, so you know top ten on that as well. So just an overall stellar athlete. Um, I'll never forget the game that he had. Um, against Michigan and Michigan versus Michigan state, huge game. It is every year, Michigan, much better team than Michigan state. They were in the college football playoff. Michigan was so they were in the top four teams. He had 23 carries 197 yards and five touchdowns. He dominated Michigan and Michigan was a very good football team. Um, he won the Doak Walker award this year, which is the best overall running back in college football, uh, finished sixth in Heisman voting. So the guy is just stellar. He had 263 carries for 1,636 yards and 18 touchdowns. Um, a good way to tell if a guy's going to be good at the pro level is to see how well he was scoring touchdowns in college. And he had 31 touchdowns in the last two years. The guy's a stud. That's all I can say about it. Um, so powerful. He creates his own plays. Um, I see a lot of up creating on his own. Um, he drops his pads to a good level when he's, he, you know, he doesn't play too high. So he's not um, going to, you know, be an Adrian Peterson when he was early, like leading with his neck to try to avoid <laughs> tackles. Um, he takes, he, uh, he absorbs tackles very well. Um touchdown machine like i said um the only thing blocking again is is something that he probably could improve state team they weren't very good they weren't good enough to even you know drop back and have a capable quarterback so the blocking could very well not even have been on him um but um i i I did point out too in a lot of the game film he seems to kind of ad lib on plays. Um, I, I put on here as a note, he kind of bails after the first read kind of fails um, to where he kind of assumes it's a broken play. Uh, he creates the whole play and, you know, breaks a long run. So um, yeah, I can't say enough about Kenneth Walker. Absolutely love him. And I hope, hope, that he gets drafted by a good team, kind of like what we mentioned, Tony, with one of those teams that needs kind of that bell cow running back because he could do it all. Daniel, he can you... catch, by the way. He can. The The college profile on his catching, you only had 13 catches. Uh, Daniel, you're breaking up. Bro. Three the year before. So he can catch. He only had 13 catches last year and three the year before. <laughs> they just didn't use him like that. He can definitely catch. He's very fluid when the ball is thrown his way. So he can catch. It's not that he can't. They just didn't use him. Uh, Daniel, do you know the last uh, three Doak Walker award winners? Yeah. Was Jonathan Taylor two years ago? Yeah. And then last year it would have been. Was it not? Nah. Yeah. Yeah. It was nah. 2020 is Najee Harris. 2019 it was Jonathan Taylor. 2018 it was Jonathan Taylor. And I think Jonathan Taylor is probably your biggest comparison here for uh, Walker the Third. I, I think I think they're very comparable. Do you guys have any turds 
running back turds that you had a chance to watch. I thought Cook, I thought Cook was a turd, to be honest with you. I really didn't. No, think. Tony, there's a different turd I want you to talk about. Game. Daniel, you are you are going through it over yeah, there, buddy. You're having a hard time, brother. I I, I um I almost think maybe we could just have a whole turd episode once Daniel gets a new phone. He needs a new phone. What do you what do you mean I need a new phone? Oh, I mean you have I just Yeah, I, I was that was a dig because your service is really getting in your way, brother. You're just having Man. A, yeah. Yeah. Still Yeah, I'll clean it up. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna sound like a champion. You're gonna be the smartest guy in the room no matter what. Even if you do sound like a robot, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, I don't care about that. But yeah, I, I can't believe I'm still having these issues. I replaced this phone. It's literally less than a week old. So I'm sorry. If you have a turd, let's go ahead and throw it out. But we are running long, so I'm ready to, I'm ready to wrap this one up. Tony, I just want you to talk about Pierre Strong. Let me talk about Pierre Strong. Okay, let me grab my notes again. Hey, South Dakota. Yeah, he's okay. a turd. Pierre Strong is Absolutely a turd. Yeah. He's a turd of he a had to have been. He had to have been knit after the Capitol when I saw that name, and I'm like, Pierre from South Dakota, really? <laughs> ESPN has him number five. Yeah, blew my mind. Really? Uh, I did watch him. I, I wrote 4.37, and it's real. Uh, I watched I watched the game against North Dakota State, second-ranked team at the time. The, his first carry, he ran the damn ball. So I think it was 60 yards. I don't, I don't know exactly. I didn't write the stat down, but it was a long motherfucker. And he ran it all the way down the field. <laughs> and there was no way anybody was going to stop him. And that was fantastic. But of all the backs, all these running backs we've talked about, most of them have similar, similar measurables. He looks the smallest. Like, he can't shed a tackle. When they touch him, he bounces off of him. I mean, it is crazy the way that this guy is just contact adverse and quite frankly he doesn't ever pick up the extra yard like he gets blown backwards it's like a video game guys if i could pick one turd it would be pierre strong jr he's not going to be a lead back i think he could be explosive okay i'm not actually i i mean he he did great things all right so i'm not trying to take everything away from him but he's not going to be a lead back in the NFL. He has to be a complimentary role. He will only be the third down back, and that's all he'll ever be as far as I'm concerned. So I had a 25-point rating system. All, all my top five players were 20-plus. All my tw- top six were 20-plus. Pierre Strong, I have it at 15. He's just so <laughs> just, just, just boring. Like Tony said, he didn't, he didn't make my radar. He doesn't juke anybody. He doesn't run anybody over. He looks like a workhorse back, but he just does nothing, dude. He's bad. And he breaks tackles like Noah Fant. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know. <the reference. laughs> what does that mean? Here's a Noah, here's a Noah Fant. If someone, linebacker comes up, <laughs> and he falls. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> yeah, dude. Don't draft Pierre Strong. Anybody in the NFL, don't draft him. <laughs> All right, guys. Any execs listening to this pod, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three, three. Kenny Gainwell's still the best running back in last year's class.